Do you have a show or a YouTube channel, podcast, or relevant product that you want to promote at the top of the Elseworlds Exchange? Well, now's your chance, man. For 50 bucks, you'll get a month's worth of plugs at the audio version right here of the Elseworlds Exchange. Right at the top of the show, first thing they'll hear, now it'll probably still be my voice, but you'll write up a short one-minute plug, we'll record it, and toss it at the front of the show. Or, alternatively, for 20 bucks, you can get a month's worth of plugs at the end of the show. Right after you hear us sign off, same deal, one-minute scripted plug for your stuff. How do you take advantage of this incredible opportunity? Just go to therealcomicpop.com, hit the contact button at the top, and fill everything out, and we'll work it out through PayPal. By the way, we do reserve the right to reject or accept based on our own personal taste. I'm not going to plug your Nazi podcast, man. I'm sorry. You know what? I'm not sorry about that. But you're not going to do it anyway. So go to therealcomicpop.com, hit the contact button at the top of the page, fill everything out, and we'll work it out. Worth it. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes a friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police, but a crusade of the law. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Elseworlds Exchange. I'm Sal. I'm Joel. Today, I didn't want to talk about a deep, heavy topic, so instead, we're going to chat about today's issue of Avengers number 675, which is written yeah. by three different people and really managed to maintain a singular voice. I believe Isn't that nice? Yeah, it was nice. It was written by Mark Wade, uh, Jim Zub, and uh, Al Ewing. Is that yep. right? I think that's yeah, everybody. The, the, the three main Avengers writers right now. Yeah, and for a minute I was like, oh man, I'm actually kind of worried uh, that Mark Wade, because I've, I've been really soft on Mark Wade's Avengers run. I was really worried about it, but like I saw a post on uh, the subreddit r slash comic books, of which I frequent, and uh, Jim Zub himself posted a thing where he's like, I hope you guys like this Avengers book. I worked really hard on it, and I was like, that literally, I saw that and went, all right, I'm reading it. And I read it, and like you, I believe, I believe we both are of the opinion that Avengers No Surrender Part 1 of 2700 yes. uh, of a weekly series that will never yep. end is good. It's quite pleasant. Yeah. It actually, and I, I, I'm, we're, I, we'll talk about like, I want to couch this episode by talking about not just like, the, the, the issue itself, so spoilers for this issue, folks, but yeah. hopefully you can hang out and, and feel them before they're about to arrive, because I want to talk about, like, the fact that we literally just released here on Comic Pop a hour-long video where we highlighted all the mistakes Marvel's made over the last year. I saw that. That was very in-depth and very informative. That Thank was a you. good episode. Thank you. And But then, of course, the next episode of Elseworlds Exchange, we're going to talk about what a great issue this was for Marvel and an, and an event, no less. And yeah. I wanted to kind of, like, address that, like, superficial hypocrisy, but also by saying, like, the video we made, if you haven't watched it, by the way, it's a really fun video. Joel uh, himself endorses it. Check it out um, after this episode, of course. <laughs> but the point is, uh, we talked about this like this, this this issue that Marvel's been having. 2017 was not the only bad year Marvel's had, and it wasn't. No. Oops, <laughs> transitioned away from it. Um, it wasn't the only bad year that Marvel's had, and in fact, I think that it's only been kind of progressively getting worse until we get into 2018. But the video itself was not from a place of like Marvel sucks. I hate what Marvel's doing. Everything they do is bad. I'm I'm gleefully dancing on their grave. No, you it know. was very even-handed. Well, it, it was even-handed because at the end of the day, we want good comics, and I love Marvel comics. Same. I and and I want them to be good, and I want to give them the benefit of the doubt, and. So I, I jumped into this Avengers No Surrender thing knowing full well that not only did Marvel say, 
we're not doing any an event, any events for a while. And then in the same breath saying that every new issue is going to be an event. An event unto itself. But this this is a weekly series yeah, and but, kind of a crossover between the three Avengers books. But we're stopping the three Avengers books, so you only have to buy one, which, which I appreciate. Which, fine by me. Uh, it, it was there, actually, was, there was already too many Avengers books. I'm glad it's down to one. Well, I, I remember when, uh, when Avengers I, – I remember a time when the Avengers was so toxic. You know, they had one book, and it was the worst. It was like – they were they were publishing it out of habit, and then they were like, "I don't even know what to do. I guess we'll release like another Avengers book that's on another coast, and hopefully that'll make it better." And then it <laughs> didn't, and they canceled it, and then they folded them back in, and then created this awful team called Force Works. Oh yeah, just the worst. Uh, but the Avengers got so toxic that like, you know, who was even buying those Avengers books to begin with? Now there's so many goddamn Avengers books. You really do need to 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 compartmentalize it um, indeed they basically brand new dated up with the avengers they really did because uh, if you're not familiar with brand new day uh spider-man <clears throat> after one more day uh they canceled all the spider books this includes books like spectacular spider-man web of spider-man friendly neighborhood spider-man spider-man unlimited all these books they basically can't cancel any long running or any other books besides amazing and then just repackaged them as amazing spider-man oh, yeah. books and put out like a thousand new issues of Amazing Spider-Man in a year because it, it went from four monthly titles to one weekly Spider-Man title. Yeah. Uh, and great idea. Um, and from what I remember, I remember uh, Dan Slott cut his teeth doing, I mean, he cut his teeth on like Red and Stimpy. Lots things, of books, yeah. But he cut his teeth like regularly writing Spider-Man through the meat grinder that was <laughs> Brand New Day. And he described it as such. He described it basically as a meat grinder where he's like, we just we all have these ideas. We throw them on the table. We cut them up. We split them up. Then we ch we take these chunks and we we just work through it. I, you know, say what you will about the quality or about the 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 the, the tonal longevity. Direction. Yeah, but the fact that the books came out on time, they were consistently oh, yeah. written. I wouldn't. I I did not like. I love Bob Gale and Back to the Future as much as everybody else. Bob Gale Spider Man ain't my Spider Man. Didn't like no. it. But. Uh, I really, really loved the fact that it was so consistently written and so consistently drawn, and they managed mm -hmm. to keep up the pace for so Absolutely. long. Absolutely. They really did. Speaking of, like, just, just a couple days ago, it was the 10-year anniversary of Dan Slott writing Spider-Man, where it's like, wow, you've been doing this for a whole decade. Yeah, and you know it didn't feel like 10 years for him, because he loves no, the I'm character sure it did. so much. He's like, oh, shit, I haven't even gotten to, like, this other huge era of spider-man that i will never get a chance to write because reportedly mm. he's leaving after 800 but that is the... i'll believe it when i see it same here well again the rumor that they floated around and i'm sure you heard it too is like yeah he's off amazing but we're giving him another spider-man title that will just be his off to the side yeah i wouldn't be surprised if we saw the return of either friendly, friendly neighborhood, neighborhood or web of mm -hmm. something like that because i can imagine it being friendly neighborhood just because of that like that 4chan rumor that got spread around. But also, yeah. um, I would think he'd want to push Web of just because he, like me, is a classic Spider-Man fan who loves, like, the legacy. And I was, cool a big fan of the, I was a big fan of the Web of series until uh, Arthur Sudeum took over the art. Mm -hmm. Then it was like, woof. 
But uh, anyway. I, I, I was going to say friendly neighborhood, if only because they're pushing the friendly neighborhood side of the character so hard in the movies as of now. This is true. Uh, I do. I mean, like, the fact is he's always been referred to as a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. I'm really glad that they did that homage in the movie. But Absolutely. Uh, and it was about time that they launched friendly neighborhood back when they did during the more Lun era. Yeah, um, yeah. During during the other. Interestingly enough, or depressingly enough, Friendly Neighborhood <laughs> had to launch in the middle of that event and not, like, in a refreshing time where Peter David could have actually told a story. Mm. He had to friggin' fold it in with Straczynski's awful more Lun, the other thing. Uh, but anyway, that's, that's all a long uh, deep dive to get to the point that, hey, Avengers is weekly, and they're trying to get you on board by giving you this event called Avengers No Surrender. Which I've mm-hmm. heard worse Avengers titles before. It's so true. I'll take it. Um, but legitimately, I read Jim Zub's plea to read the book. Uh, I want to like Marvel again, and I want to get in on the Avengers. The book that pulled me back into Marvel, besides Straczynski's Spider-Man, the guy who pulled me into the greater Marvel universe in 2000, what, two, three, I don't recall, uh, was New Avengers. was an Avengers yeah. book. Oh, so yeah. I want to be on board with a with a with an all-star cast of an Avengers title. And Avengers No Surrender seems like a good place. And the first issue, if it maintains that feeling and this this energy, is, oh, a, very good, much is so. a good step forward. It's it's a hell of a lot of energy. I appreciate it, and I was sure to mention this on Twitter. Man, does it seem like we're entering a bit of a direction change here for Marvel storylines. We sure did see a lot of mutants and Fantastic Four characters in prominent roles in this story, right? Doing what they're supposed to do, like Beast using his big brain. Rogue being looked to as an elder statesperson of the Marvel Universe and taking a leadership role. Yeah, there was a lot to like. Let's talk about what happened in this issue. Let's actually break down Let's. the issue itself. Uh, Joel, you want, to, you want to take the beginning? What's, uh, what's, uh, the, what's the catalyst sure. for this issue? Uh, surprisingly spoilers, enough, we, yes, yeah, spoilers abound, everybody. Surprisingly enough, we start off with a little, uh, like a like a little mini story, like a little self-contained story with a lesser-known Avenger. And I wonder if we're gonna follow his story, or if every new issue we're gonna have a like little anthology bit to start it off. But we follow Living Lightning, who is now just calling himself Lightning these yeah. days. Living Lightning. By the way, I had to like I had to recheck because I was like, is is there a th- like living I, once he said living lightning? I'm like, is he talking about living laser or is he talking about? The, I did like, the same thing. The West Coast Avengers character was like, quick Google search. Oh my God, living lightning! I haven't seen you in so long, and like, kind of cool. I expected him to die immediately just to set the stakes to be like, oh shit, anyone can die, even living lightning. Well, like, <laughs> it's more like I need to establish some kind of stakes. Let's mm. kill the character no one's asked for in the last 20 years. That's, that is that, that is a very comic book thing. They do that all the time in DC for the big crisis events. Oh, no, we killed Aztec or somebody. Right, exactly. Fine by me, by the way. I know a lot of people like Aztec because Grant Morrison created him. He's, he's back currently in JLA. I've stopped reading JLA, but apparently he's come back. <laughs> I dropped JLA after issue two. <laughs> yeah, that's me too. I wanted to like JLA so bad because I like Steve Orlando and I like the idea yeah. of a different tier of Justice League. But at the same time, I'm just like, this doesn't do it for me. But Christopher Priest's Justice League is doing it for me at the yeah, moment. Justice, the Justice League books should, like the Avengers books, not only have your top talent, but also oh, yeah. always be your number one book. They should. They should be total flagships. Yes. 
Um, the fact that DC let Justice League wane when everything else was firing on all cylinders is so weird. Bizarre. It was like they owed Brian Hitch a, a big fat favor. Mm. Um, anyway, so yes, uh, Avengers No Surrender opens up with Living Lightning uh, doing a sting operation, like using his powers, but more in a desperate situation to stop some car thieves. Yeah, busting up a chop shop. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and that was cool. It was just fun to see superheroes being superheroes and doing stuff in a different region than just the eastern seaboard. Absolutely, yeah. A um, lot of really cool... St- uh, so, okay, the story opens up. Uh, you know, Living Lightning's doing his thing. And then, uh, and then they don't waste any time. Like, then shit hits the fan. Oh, does it ever. <laughs> um, the sky turns red and... So you know it's serious. It's like the later seasons of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles when the sky turns red. Exactly. Uh, sky turns red, communications offline. Uh, it actually had shades of an event we're doing on back issues coming up. So I don't want to get too too into the mm. plot because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mix them up and accidentally do an episode. So <laughs> please, please continue. Like, uh, communications down, the sky's red, everyone's got to respond and uh, and basically all the Avengers kind of come together. Mm-hmm. All the different Avengers teams that have been fragmented by infighting and just by, you know, circumstance, now they're all working together. And it was a really nice moment to see Beast kind of taking point on this one and being like, hey, I'm a big brain. I'll work the computers and make sure everyone gets to where they need to go. Yes, it was. It, it's amazing, actually, to me how quickly... Even though, like, number one, the Fox-Disney thing has to go through an antitrust uh, mm-hmm. filter, but also the fact that, like, things won't be finalized for another, like, year or so. But it's nice to know that even despite all of those things, Marvel Comics is reflecting the yeah. fact that they're all unified by being like, oh, yo, you know who's really important and cool? The X-Men. And, and quickly, too, I think the idea was is that this one was already in the tank and they already had the first couple written. And they're like, OK, if the deal goes through, we'll keep letting mutants and Fantastic Four have prominent roles in this story. If not, we'll roll it back because we can. Right, exactly. And uh, I assume you were very excited to see that the first major superhero we see after Living Lightning, of course, was Falcon. Yes, Falcon, who is still, again, in a prominent role. He's still leading his version of the Mark Wade Avengers team. Yep. And he's the first one to kind of look up in the sky and go, guys, I think we have a problem here. Yeah. Um, and then basically it's just the the whole book is just the Avengers kind of getting their bearings and saving people. Mm-hmm. Keeping you up to date, saying like, hey, it's okay if you didn't read Occupy Avengers. It's okay if you didn't read Uncanny we're going to get you settled with the teams and show you who's who and where's where. That really helped me out because, like, I sure as hell dropped USA Avengers, Occupy Avengers, Uncanny Avengers. I, I was so sick of Avengers at that point. I'm like, I can't read any of them. And the main Avengers, the Mark Waid Avengers, I just I yeah. could not. I think I dropped every – almost nearly every Marvel title I have dropped over the last, like, few months. And it's just like, woof. It was it was funny to see the Occupy Avengers because that book got canceled so early on. I think that book got canceled before David Walker could even build the full team, which is why you only see Red Wolf and Hawkeye as the only members of Occupy Avengers. It was actually kind of fun to see teams that I either didn't give a chance to or or completely abandoned. Oh, Occupy yeah. Avengers, USA Avengers. I was like, hey. I remember these guys. Because I was worried that the way USA Avengers would have ended is that they just stripped – Sunspot, Sunfire, can't remember his name. Ah, uh, Sunspot. Sunspot of his like rank and title and 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 prominence, but now he's there 
doing his thing, leading the team. Uh, still the head of AIM. Still the head of AIM, taking point. I was like, that's cool. Like, it was interesting because, to, to skip ahead a little bit, not about plot-wise, but more about tone and what this book means, it was nice to see... Um, it was nice to see this distillation of everything that Marvel, I think, has been trying to do versus mm -hmm. what they wanted to do and making it successful and effective. Um, Definitely. We, we saw not one, but two gay romances in this issue. Absolutely, we sure did. Um, but I think that those who are decrying the diversity and the and the the multiculturalism and 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 all mm -hmm. of this could could say that it wasn't beating you over the head with it. It had a point. These moments well, were, were were plot and were plot and character driven, and there's something for everybody in this book. I mean, I'm sure the people who decry that sort of thing too would also decry, I don't know, like interracial relationships too if they saw it. Like if Luke Cage and Jessica Jones showed up, they'd be very mad at that as well. I don't know. The, the Jess Jones, uh, Luke Cage thing came up. Uh, not not that it came up, but it's more like it it evolved before the like a lot of the public outcry. And so as such, I think it's like, right. I think it was grandfathered in, honestly. Well, well, I'm saying hateful people are hateful people, well, but that's, that's neither here nor there. I think, uh, oh crap, I'm, you know what? I, again, I'm connecting it to another book, but there was a character in the book that I'm gonna be doing on Back Issues in about two weeks that is that says basically the same thing. And it's during an event kind of like this. And I was like, oh, oh nice. that's funny. Um, that's cool. But a lot of cool stuff, um, but you get, you get high-flying superheroics, you get character work, you get, some you get to boil down the avengers into one unified front it's that, nice isn't it that i don't think everyone's gonna walk away from no i don't think so either and as a result that'll work out great because they'll be able to clean house and make like a i don't want to say a pure avengers team but like that's what you do when you boil away all, like mm. when you have a crucible then you burn away all the irrelevancies until you get this pure thing the Avengers are going to be, like, the strongest, most unified hodgepodge of all mm. these ideas, I think, by the end of it. it. It's to crystallize the team, and the team needs to be crystallized. I agree. Just just get rid of all of that. Cr just get rid of all the all the fluff and all of the fat. and just All the boil filler. It, yeah, and boil it down to, like, a team of seven people who are really, like, representative of the team, the legacy, and the times that they live in. That's what it should be. And, and I, I wonder if they're going to go, you know, like the, what is it, the original AAA characters, because it's funny, they take quite a few of them off the table early on in this story. They take Cap and Spider-Man and a few other people and be like, okay, they're still here, but they're going to be off here to the side for a little bit. Yeah, I don't know what the, okay, so at the, by basically, the, the Avengers do their part, they try to save everybody, they can't save everybody. Uh, we see that one honorary member of the Avengers is on death's door. Spoiler territory, so if you don't want to know who it is, we won't talk about it for more than a minute or so, so mute the episode yeah. or, or, or put us away for a minute, but we'll give you a, a countdown of three, two, one. So Jarvis is is crushed by debris, saving yes. somebody, a la Captain Stacy in an old Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. Assumed uh, dead. And, well, no, he's. I believe that they say he's like, he's not expected to survive. Right. So... Uh, what's it called? Nadia Pym and Beast rush off to do what they can to save Jarvis, mm. which is kind of cool. Yes, because you get a new Avenger, like the newest of new characters, and one of like a, and a classic Avenger. 
Oh, yeah. And an Avenger 2 that needs a little work as well, too, who's kind of been dragged through the mud recently in recent X-Men stories. It's nice to see Beast being a good guy trying to help people out again, unlike the weird, morally compromised Beast Bendis kept trying to push. Yeah, like, Dick Beast has been kind of put through the gamut, and he has only suffered indignities and character assassination through his own X-Men book, and it would be kind of cool to see him kind of gain prevalence and find himself again in an Avengers series because then Absolutely. you could actually transition him back over and be like, you know what? Like Beast is one of the, like actually, well, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver, but like Beast is one of the first like public out there mutants mem- like oh, members yeah. of the Avengers. Uh, we, before I forget, Will I Am Golden in the super chat, is Speedball in the book? No. <laughs> Not yet anyway. It's going to be a long series, so he could show up. It's true. He could show up. You never know. I feel like it's, you're going to see everybody. Um, so that character, uh, is, is, is at death's door. A couple of class, a couple of Avengers go to see what they can do about him. Um, and then, as you said, some of the AAA title Avenger characters turn blue, freeze, and I don't know, are collected like action figures and put in the (laughs) Avengers like lawn. (laughs) Nice. Oh man, I'd love to have that job. Now you got to go through and categorize them like you categorize your long box. Exactly. Okay, we got Steve, we got Pete. All right, they're all here. Yeah, um, but I think that's cool because I, I, speculation time. I feel like number one, we're not just putting them away. We're like maybe they're going to be in like the vanishing point or they're mm. in the mindscape or something. But there's some the the major players are all frozen. And they all, are, they're, they're probably going to be on their own adventure, but the main thing of Earth being stolen and every, and, uh, yeah, well, Earth being stolen, who did it, why, all that crap, is going to be resolved by these lesser Avengers. And I, I hate to use that term uh, because these Avengers have been Avengers forever. Like, not forever, but for at least the last few years. Yeah. Um, but they're not the, you know, like, USA Avengers you know neat idea wasn't the wasn't doing major numbers you know no it's it's a niche team but hey if you like niche teams pretty solid yeah and if you like the underdog i think that the the idea of seeing uh living lightning or whatever in the first page and then bringing him back at the end of this book is Mm. is these writers way of saying like get used to seeing some like forgotten avengers it, it, it really works for the marvel universe because basically every marvel character you can think of has been an avenger at some point or part of some manner of avenger team so to have a whole series especially a long series that's going to be as long as this is they could very easily pay homage to everyone who's ever been an avenger it's true and maybe in a more like character respectful way than that time in avengers disassembled when mm. the avengers are fucked and then all the Avengers show up on the lawn and then leave. Like it's, <laughs> yeah. it's more like, oh, that's a cool double-page splash, but who cares because they're not doing anything. In this case, no, I think you're going to see like everybody's favorite Avenger is going to have their time to shine. Absolutely. And uh, I think that the the forgotten Avengers angle is definitely represented in the debut of Voyeur. Voyager. 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 <laughs> Voyager. Voyager. Oh, I, I, I watch things creepily. <laughs> and of course, Voyager will be uh, will be complimented by the Orb, who of course <laughs> is a watcher and, as well, yeah. and he'll need to see all that's going on. Now, Voyager shows up, and I got. A I'd question love to on... make a Star Trek joke, but I don't know near enough Star Trek to joke about it. Um, 
Well, we know that despite Voyager's obvious inadequacy, she will still be around for at least seven seasons. I don't know. A dumb tish. There uh, you go. But here's the thing. Voyager, new character. Uh, I had on Twitter people asking me, like, who the hell is Voyager? Did I miss something? And it's like, no, you didn't. They're centrying this. They're totally... And she even has the same basic haircut and color scheme color as scheme. the century. Yeah. Um, and they even do the bit where she stands in front of, like, the old Avengers Mansion statue, which I love they're working in Avengers Mansion again, and she's standing there like, hey, I was always here. Yeah, see, I'm in the statue that was... that you've seen a million times, but not me in it a million times. Yeah. Um, I like the idea of being like, hey... Here's a new character, and you forgot she existed. I don't know. I always like that idea more than its execution. I think the only one that's ever been successful was Sentry. Yeah. It's it's funny. It's a very DC hypertime idea where it's like, oh, I forgot this Golden Age character existed until right now, and now I remember everything. Yeah, the fact that everybody remembers her right now is also, like, suspect, but hey. Absolutely. I, these are all talented writers. This is not like some hack job. I think that they'll explain it properly in a way that I, isn't frustrating. I mean, that's clearly going to be the marching order for this series. It's funny that she seems to be a cosmic character who came from space at a time when the Earth itself is stolen and taken somewhere. Yeah. She honestly has shades of, like, Adam Warlock and, like, yeah. so who knows? But I'm excited. I think it's going to be cool. Um, and... and I'm willing to give Voyager the benefit of the doubt. Same. You know, I, I read a bunch of articles about her debut months ago, actually. Me too, yeah. And I remember being like, okay, right on. Well, when that happens, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, even if she exists as just like a story device. Yeah. Which um, it wouldn't be the first time a Marvel event created a whole character just to be a storytelling device. Well, this is fair. Um, hopefully she'll become more than that. I don't want her to become... A Bendis plot device like Layla no. Miller, or um, that fucking kid from Civil War too. What was his name again? I don't recall, and I will, and, and I never will. And we never will because because Bendis ain't working there anymore, so no one's gonna work him back in. Yeah, sorry, I reacted kind of awkward. Like there, I, I thought I heard like a yell or something, and it. I think it's the neighbors, but I was like, what? Yeah, what? I thought I heard that too. You, you did. Okay, good. That's See, I, I, I thought I heard that too, and I'm like, is this is this my end? Am I fucking up? Do I yeah. need to close more windows? Ah, the audience is reminding us it's Ulysses. Ulysses, yes, of course. Ulysses. Here's a big fat thanks for being in the Marvel universe from me to you. Uh, there you go. Nathan Berg in the super chat, just helping us out. Thank you very much, my friend. Um, but yeah, screw Ulysses. <laughs> I I actually am more interested in Voyager than Ulysses. Me too. And we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, we will see. It'll happen. Again, this this Avengers you No know, Surrender promising a lot of stuff, uh, promising all your teams, promising, you know, to see them work together, promising a cosmic threat, a new Voyager character. And also they're promising the return of the Hulk. They've already kind of spoiled that on the cover for some future ones. Yes. Um, here's So you probably know a little bit more about this than I do, and I'd like to hear your opinion. What is the future for Avengers No Surrender? It sets up a lot of mystery. Who's Voyager? Indeed. Who stole the Earth? Um, what's with the red sky or the, yeah, the red skies, uh, what's with the blue, uh, suspended animation stuff? Why are they only the main characters of the Marvel universe? Yeah. Um, and what are these lesser Avengers going to do about it? Um, and mm -hmm. by the way, I don't mean that in like a screw these Avengers. I don't want to read their book. I'm, it's, it's more like technically speaking, these guys are, don't have as much prominence as like Peter Parker, Spider-Man or what we mean Captain double America. a as opposed to triple a, there's nothing wrong with being double a. Yeah. Hey, it's true. 
Um, so I, I like to think I'm a double A comic book YouTuber, <laughs> and I mean my, my my stats would say yes, that's true. Yeah, we're in good company. Um, uh. So the, there are a lot of uh, mysteries abound. So how many parts is it supposed to be? It's ultimately at the end of the day, I, I don't recall. I, I I know I joked around about it being like six, like tw- like over a thousand, but I think it's, it's only supposed to be like. It, yeah, it's a weekly series. It's supposed to take us to a big landmark number. I don't know if it's supposed to take us to 700 or 800. Mm. Uh, I would assume 700, which means that it's going to be 25 issues. That can't Okay. Be. That would be really depressing. But but it's weekly, so we'll get one every week, so that'll only be... So, less un- than, so yeah, so less than half a year. Okay, so half a year, which you know is pretty standard for the guys at DC. They always love their year-long weekly series. Yeah, yeah. Marvel doesn't do it as much. They did it with Wolverines, and did they do it with another one? I know they did. I just don't recall which one it was. Neither, neither do I. It's not really their racket, but they're trying it out here. Yeah. Um, but that said, so Avengers No Surrender is a weekly series. It's going to be going. It's going to be a big thing when it's over. I'm happy to say that. I don't know if there's going to be a lot of tie-ins. I think it's just this main book. No, I don't think there will be. Which is so great. I can get into a series that goes on forever as long as it's one book. Yeah, me that too. That I'm expected to read. Um, that works great for me great. Um, but a lot of mysteries. What else are they teasing for the future of Avengers No Surrender? Besides the fact that I think Hulk's coming back. I think that's the biggest one. I think they've been pretty tight-lipped so far, unless I missed something. The Hulk thing is the only thing they've really let slip. Yeah. Um, the fact that they are doing so many deep dives already in the first issue suggests to me that yeah. the enemy of the or that they're that they're going to be dealing with is probably someone from the past of the Avengers. Oh yeah, that's always the way this goes. I mean, could they go really old school? And the villain is actually Loki because they fought Loki in the first Avengers. I think that they might get a little... I, I, I don't think they're going to do Loki, although since Loki will have prominence in the Infinity War movie, anything's possible. Um, and apparently p- quite prominent in that next Affinity Cosmic event that they're doing next. That's right. Because he's a Sorcerer Supreme and he's been fucking around with the stones. Yeah, yeah. The Cosmic event, I don't know. I, I, I'm less excited about that than I am at this, even though this is a cosmic event as well. In its own way. Well, I mean, we're Earthbound now, but that could easily change. That's the mystery. Where where are we even in the Marvel cosmology? They joke, maybe we're in the microverse. Maybe we're in the Annihilus world. Who knows? Yeah, it's true. Um, I know that, uh, what's it called? Um, since Mark Wade's writing it, I'd be worried that Kang might be involved. <laughs> We've we've had enough Kang and we've had enough High Evolutionary. I know you haven't been reading the Champions Avengers crossover, which was the last story before we got to here. Yeah. And it's like, okay, you've exhausted High Evolutionary now. I don't want to see him again. Yeah, I'm so sick of High Evolutionary just because they used him to retcon Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver, which they'll have to re-retcon now. Hey, maybe that's something they can do in No Surrender because Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch clearly seem to be prominent characters in there. That would be a good time to do it. I completely agree with you. I would love it if this was, if No Surrender was just house cleaning, Marvel house cleaning, where they're just like, at twenty five issues, one a week, it seems like they could really do that. Like kill this per- this group, kill this person, bring this person back, change this person to this person, like do a whole bunch of cleaning house and people will appreciate this event. Um, yeah. It could be like the uh, like the Children's Crusade, which fixed, yeah. fixed a lot of things and wound up being a really badass event. 
Um, I know that somebody suggested the Grandmaster. I'd be totally on board for Grandmaster. It feels very Grandmaster-ish. I've stolen your planet. I'm going to take you. Now fight for my amusement. I took your most chase action figures, and I'm going to Ah. put them on a shelf and let them do something. (laughs) I'm down. If it's Grandmaster and it's like a big cosmic game, I think that's exactly what everybody wants. Um, Yeah, somebody asked about No Surrender's price tag. I think it's $5 an issue. Oh, right. But I felt like I got enough issue. I didn't. It wasn't like like it's buying true. a Bendis comic where it's like, I spent $6 and I got 18 pages. It's true. Another thing, too, the, when I eventually review this book, I feel weird because I covered the special free preview that they had a couple weeks ago. I think that's free and you can pick that one up and it's basically a good vertical slice of what the story's gonna be mm. if you're interested in it. Like if, if it doesn't win you over in that free thing, then I think you'll never enter you're not. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, so I'm excited about, uh, like for the first time in a long time, I'm actually excited about a Marvel event. Eh, long time, <laughs> it's been what, two, three years? Secret Wars was the last one that I was like, holy shit, this is awesome. Yeah. Um, I don't think this is Secret Wars in any way. I don't, like... No. Because, like, it's very different from Secret Wars in as much as Hickman clearly was building towards it. There was a lot of uh, build-up towards it. There was a lot of setup. Um, there was a lot of hype for it. There was no uphill battle for Marvel. Mar- like, Marvel fans weren't like, impress me, Hickman. It was more no. like, Hickman, just give me what I want. This is amazing. Yeah, that, At this and point, like after getting strung along for as many years as we did, like, nah, I'm building up to it. You'll see. You'll see. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Avengers No Surrender has this feeling of like, it's got a lot to prove. It's got a mm-hmm. lot of, it's got a lot of uh, boxes to check. But they came out swinging, and I give them credit for that. It's true. The Razor Vids and Super Chess says, congratulations on a great year of content. Well, thank you very much, Razor Vids. We appreciate it. Thank you very much for spending a year with us. Yes, we, we uh, hope to keep this going. Exactly. Um, but yeah, Secret Wars is still great. I feel like No Surrender is is in the same category where it's like, I'm kind of excited about what's happening, and I'm willing to give it the benefit of the doubt, despite the laundry list of complaints that I lobbed at Marvel not friggin' a week ago. Just recently and put to video form. It's true, literally two days ago. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, it does have an uphill battle. And I hope that it delivers. Absolutely. Now, the question is, how long ago did you first hear about No Surrender? Because I want to know, I want to see if we can pinpoint when it was created and Good question. under what circumstances they created this idea. Uh, I heard it not long after the, oh, we're not going to do any big events anymore. Oh, but we're doing a weekly Avenger series. I'm like, okay, that's not an event, but you're pushing it. You're pushing it, guys. No, 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 no. The sky is, the sky is red. The main Avengers are, are kidnapped, and the Earth is in a different galaxy. It's an event. That's an event. By any other name. Yeah. Um, but if it's one book, consistently, I'm in. Yeah. Too. I, I wonder, here's another thing, because here's another weird thing Marvel's been doing. Will Will Venom factor into this story at all? Because it seems like Venom is getting crossovers all over the place. Apparently Venom is very popular these days at Marvel. Marvel is really excited about Venom in a way that I haven't seen since the formation of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Because yeah. it used to be before the MCU and before, like, super, like before Marvel owned their own friggin' stuff, 
they still would want to bandwagon onto big studio movie productions. Which is weird. They would do that with X-Men too, but it's like, guys, aren't you fighting with the X-Men? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It made me so frustrated, like, when they would change characters or aspects of a character to suit the movie change. And it's just like, come on, guys. At this point, like, you you can't possibly be trying to push Venom because Sony's making a Venom movie, are you? <laughs> I, I think in their heart of hearts, Marvel loves Venom and they know that they can sell books by slapping him on the cover and now they have a good reason to and be like, no, 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 it's in preparation for the movie. I don't know. Venomverse didn't didn't perform. Didn't it? No. <laughs> no. I, I, I assumed it would have just succeeded by the fact that it had multiple Venoms in it. What they should have done was make them all holographic covers. Ah, that would have really go. helped out sales. And have a trading card inside. Right? A trading card right in the middle that ruins the value of the car, of the comic when you rip it out? That'd be great. <laughs> Maybe a gatefold cover or a die cut so that you can oh, see yeah. the other cover behind the other cover. Oh, uh, that's what I liked. <laughs> but Tiffany really dug uh, whatever the hell that Venom event was. Venomverse? Uh, Venom, Venomverse, yeah. She was the only one who she was the one who told me about it. Yeah. She, she sold it pretty hard. And that's the thing. Okay, so when i finished reading this issue i had real flashbacks to monsters unleashed mm. an event onto itself that featured all of the marvel universe and had yep. them dealing with an external threat from beyond the stars that yep. causes like major collateral damage that forces the heroes to all look like heroes team up work together put aside all their personal differences and just save the day and it felt good I mean, it's it ultimately. While I don't care about kaiju's and monsters and all and like, inhumans and all that crap, I like them, but I don't like them to the nth degree. No, objectively speaking, uh, Monsters Unleashed is a fun, cool idea that should have tickled everybody's funny bone who was sick of everything mm. that was happening at Marvel at but the time. it came out at the worst possible time in between Secret Empire and whatever DC was doing it's just like ah, I can't have another one yes but I think that everything that didn't work for people with Monster Unleashed no surrender is doing it's doing it's all the things it certainly you like. feels that way yeah it's doing all the things you like but it's also but it also has no inhumans in it and no monsters yeah so no, not yet anyway again 25 issues over the rest of the year, everyone could get a focus issue at some point. Is it? Is there still a Terrigen cloud? I've stopped reading in here. I know they went back to space and Al Ewing went full cosmic with it. I think they're looking for like the element at the heart of the Terrigen mist. I think that's where they are currently. Okay. Yes, yes, they destroyed the cloud on Earth. That was, that was X-Men versus... No, 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 they created... Because there were two clouds. Yes, but then Cyclops went into one, and that's what killed him. Oh, yeah. Okay, But cool. then they lied about it. Then Emma Frost engineered. Impersonated Sam, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and engineered a war between the X-Men and the Inhumans, and then Medusa was forced to destroy the cloud because it's just like, all right, all right, I see what's going on here. Here's the thing. Like, X-Men versus Inhumans, was it unnecessary? Absolutely. Did Charles Souls write the fuck out of it? Yes, he did. He tried. I felt bad. He tried so hard. Charles Soule is a talented guy. It sucks that he got got that job he um, really did he he really he was trying that poor guy yeah. and poor cullen bun keeps getting these other things where it's like yeah he got monsters unleashed he got venom uh, and all his other venom stuff venom verse um, and its sequel venomized yeah great um but uh yeah i think that if nothing else no surrender might put the inhumans back in the box 
or under a dome. I, I think they're already that way. They're out in space now. They haven't even been on Earth. Good. Stay there. Although, although one hilarious thing, in the new issue of Black Bolt, uh, Captain America actually came to Black Bolt and apologized to him for all the atrocities committed against the Inhumans in his name by Hydra in I Secret Empire. And I'm like, why is this not in the main Captain America book? Why is the main Captain America book trying to pretend like Secret Empire didn't happen? Uh, I think we all know why the main Captain America book is pretending I, that book didn't happen. I mean, I mean, we know why, but it's annoying to me as the one guy who liked Nick Spencer's run and liked Secret Empire. I would have liked to have seen some growth from the character, not just la 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 la. No, it's true. Um, that said, even, man. Even Deadpool is talking about it in an interesting way. Do you know what happened at the end of the last issue of Deadpool? The last one, no. So, okay, so uh, Deadpool, he's, you know, betrayed all his friends. He's a pariah because he was, you know, a turncoat and worked for the Hydras and everything. Yep. Uh, he gets a call from Bob, agent of Hydra, and says, <laughs> look, man, I, I know you're in a bad place right now, but the remnants of Hydra, they're planning to break evil Steve out of prison. You could kill him, and in doing so, probably, you know, you could you could get revenge on the man who ruined your life, and you could probably wipe the slate clean for yourself if you did this. Right, right. No, I heard about that. That's awesome. I'm totally so the down for that. The, the, the freaking Deadpool book is doing more with the fallout. Fine by me. Fix it. Like, you know what? Kill Steve-El and make it Deadpool. You could do you, – you can't do better and more with a more popular character. And also, too, Deadpool had an amazing Secret Empire tie, and his yeah. was probably the most emotional and effective next to Sam, so it only makes sense that he's the one to pull the trigger, because he can do it and get away with it. Especially since the greater Marvel Universe at large is, like, so totally unaware of anything that's happening in Deadpool anyway. <laughs> I know, right? It's, he's in his own little universe, and whenever people ask, it's like, well, Deadpool did it. Yeah. Oh, Ryan Compton asks, if, if, this, is a, if this is separate from the main universe, should Marvel only do events outside the main universe? Uh, I don't know if it is. It's not separate from the main universe. This is the main Marvel universe. It's happening. Sure, within looks it. to be. It's just in that the there's going to be universe. no major tie-ins and everything, which is is the case. Um, yeah. But to follow up with your second question, uh, should Marvel only do events outside the main universe? No, I think that as long as there's something strong and Marvel does does right by the story and publishes it well and makes it like it lo as long as it looks good, it reads good, it it and it like is competently printed, I'm in. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and this one looked yeah. really good, too. And it looked really good. That's true. The art was really solid, too. And it was consistent I, and cool. I, I loved the big team shot of everyone together at the mansion. It's like, ooh, it's like a Where's Waldo book. Find your favorite exactly. uh, AA Avenger. It was, it, at the end of the day, it felt really great to see Avengers at Avengers Mansion. Just mm -hmm. really, really good to see them, like, return to that because i don't even remember what the hell the problem was with the with the with the mansion i remember like mm. luke bought it and then they lost it it was just a mess like yeah it's a whole yeesh, thing no um it's nice to see things kind of like getting back to its roots in a way mm -hmm. that feels less like a retcon and a hand wavy oh you didn't like it so we'll just we'll just roll back the curtain and or the you know dial back the clock like no it's just it's just cool like just do this yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, although interestingly enough, no Fantastic Four in this book yet. No, not yet. But there could be time. Heck, uh, I, I quite enjoyed that Marvel two and one they did. I like it even more now with the deal coming through because it's like, oh, I guess we know how this story's ended, huh? <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. No, I loved the two and one. I think it's a great. I think it's a great first entry. Um, it's funny that this being kind of like. It's almost like an apology tour. A little bit, little um, bit. 
And if it is, it'd be cool if, since they're in, like, you know, the deepest regions of space and Human Torch was featured prominently in the issue, maybe we will see the Fantastic Four come back in this series. Um, I know that, at the very least, with respect to, like, all the apologies and stuff, like, you know, another theory that I would throw out there, since we're dealing with Avengers and it's an Avenger-centric book, maybe the the uh, the enemy is Pimtron. Ooh, that's good, because they've been having Pimtron wait in the wings for a while, and he's just such a well-put-together villain, and he represents all the sins of the Avengers and everything they've done wrong. And he basically said in Secret Empire, yeah, once you defeat Evil Steve, I'm coming for you next. Right, exactly. Like, you're going to see me show up in some prominent way. because And, I, and he has, like a grudge against the Avengers. so Against everybody. That'd be really cool to see him being like, I, this is part one of my big master plan to destroy the Avengers, is by hiding they, all, the, all the characters that, like, marginalized me. Yes, and then, exactly. And then taking all the second stringers and either, like, inviting them to, like, become robots or something. or, or Yeah, join them. me on the dark side. Yeah. Yeah, listen, the main, like, I, I, I took everyone out of the conversation so they couldn't, like, interrupt our discussion. Listen, Living Lightning... And yeah. Sunspot, you guys are one editorial mistake or bad call away from being me. From disappearing. You, 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 we are alike, you and I. They marginalized you too. Join yeah. me and together we can make a better future that'd be for great, Earth. Actually, that'd be a cool way to acknowledge like the, the legacy of Marvel, but also like screw around with this big event. I like that a lot. And also, too, Nadia Pym and Jarvis have already shown to be pretty prominent in this story, and yeah. they probably have a deeper connection to Pimtron than anyone. That's true. So that would be good to be like, you, of all people, Nadia, have to join me. You are my own blood. Yeah, I'd be so down for that, actually. As long as it's competently written and it's not hackneyed and dumb. I mean, listen, this 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 uh, this version of Hank Pym loves to monologue. So Boy, I'm, he does. I'm down for a big operatic supervillain monologue. Um, by the way, cool to see multiple generations of characters, too. We saw mm -hmm. Miles Morales' Spider-Man and Peter Parker's Spider-Man, but we also saw two wasps, which made we me did. go like, hey, I didn't realize that Janet was back on the table. Yeah, she was. Yeah, she's been in the new Uncanny book for a while now. She was like a hanging out member, and then she just joined when Zub took over. Good. It's cool. Yeah, I was fine with that. I'm like, yeah, I like her. And just it, it lends credence to that Avengers team, too. It's like, good, they should have an original member on the team. Yeah. Incidentally, That's... they referenced him in the book, but he didn't appear. Where the hell is Invincible is the Irredeemable Iron Man? That's true. Where's where's Doctor Doom? Where is Doctor Doom? That's a very good question. Where where yeah. That's now, a very good question. I don't think he's the villain or anything, but like there's no way he would allow them to write him out of the book. <laughs> Well, well, it's funny because, like, here's the thing. Wade's Avengers, before they were supposed to go into Avengers No Surrender, they were teasing and they even had a couple pages like, oh, a look into the future. He was supposed to join the team. He was even on the original poster. Yes. When they reformed this team for Marvel Legacy. Yeah, and they canceled that, his book as like to yeah. like, make way for him to be on the team. Then they canceled his book. Then the Mark Wade Avengers book went into the whole Champions crossover, and now we're here at No Surrender. So clearly whatever they had planned for Infamous Iron Man, they ended up junking for him becoming an Avenger and joining the team. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I don't know. That's it. I would have loved to have been in that pitch room. I would have loved to have seen them be like, no, we can't have him be in this event, and we can't have him become an Avenger because we need him to be over here for this thing, whatever this thing might be. Exactly. Um... 
I hope they keep him as an Iron Man character trying to do good for a while. I'd like that. Ultimately, it's for selfish reasons. I feel like, you know, there, you know, obviously it would be like tempting to want to do a big Doctor Doom story and make him a big villain again. Mm. But like, you can't do better than what happened in Secret Wars, and it was only two years ago. It's true. I mean, that has to be where they're going with it for the Iron Man book. Tony will come back. Doom will be incensed and go, but I did a good job as Iron Man. I don't want to give it up. Tony will be like, but you got to give it up, though. And then they will fight over who gets to be Iron Man. Yeah. Yeah, I get, oh, my God. And then they can call the next event the Armor Wars. Ah. You nailed it. You nailed it. And you know what's actually great? I'm hoping they throw this away. Because, like, I know that Bendis was had a real hard-on for making Steve, uh, uh, What's it? Uh, no, um, Tony Stark into the new Sorcerer Supreme. Yes, he really did. Which no, uh, doesn't, <laughs> doesn't work for that character. Doesn't work for anybody. But like, if you wanted to go in that direction or tease that direction, you could have the fallout of the next Armor Wars with Doctor Doom end up being that Tony Stark merges magic and science. He's like, Ooh. he's like the arm. This armor isn't like okay. The armor isn't like epidermal, nor is it like uh, extremis or anything. No, in this case, it's magic armor. Yeah, really. I think that'd be cool. I'm I, literally I like wearing the, magic plot armor. Yeah, I think that's fine, uh, as long I'm, as they don't I'm make okay him Sorcerer that. Supreme. Because like, no. Well, supposedly that germ of an idea went further than even Bendis, because that's what Slot's talking about for his supposed quote-unquote last Spider-Man story. Norman Osborn gets some magic on his side and becomes the Red Goblin. Yes, that's fine. I'm down to see that, as long as it doesn't suck. Um, Will I Am yeah, Golden same. says, they should keep Doom good, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. They should. They should, but they also got the rights possibly to make Fantastic Four movies again. And so they're going to want, from multimedia, they're going to want Doom to be a bad guy again. No just in time for the new movie whenever they do it. Yep, they will do that without question. I'm sorry, but at least it'll be, it'll be some time. There'll be some time. The, um, the hope is they find a good reason for it. Like, obviously, they're moving Lex Luthor back into a villainous uh, direction, and he'd been good for a little while, too. I think they found a fairly decent way of doing it by basically saying no matter what good you do, Lex Luthor, Superman, the best guy in the world, will still never trust you and still never give you the benefit of the doubt because of all the shitty things you've done to him over the years. Yeah, that's true. Uh, all right, well, we got 10 minutes left. Uh, speculation time for Amazing Spider-Man 800 and the Red Goblin Ooh, stuff, yes. just because why not? Sure, um, why not? There's been some teasing about uh, this being kind of like Dan Slott's swan song and uh. leaving the character in the book. Uh, and also there have been some other rumors about the, about the status quo Peter Parker. Um, let's talk about them and whether or not you think they're real or, or legitimate. Um, Let us. I'll just go down the list. One, Mephisto. Will he be in the book? He might be in it, but I don't think he'll be in it the way people want him to be in it. Uh, number two, will, uh, what's it called? Will Peter Parker and Mary Jane get back together? I'd like it, but it sounds like wishful thinking. Uh, number three, is this Dan Slott's last Spider-Man story? It's his last amazing Spider-Man story, <laughs> but it's he, he's even come out on Twitter and said, but this sure as fuck ain't my last Spider-Man story, though. Yeah, there you go. Um, so, yeah, a lot, a lot of people would like to make this into something that it probably won't be. But that proves that it's working, though, the marketing. It's getting the hype machine revving up already. Yeah. 
Um, it's interesting because Slot has had the same tactic on a number of topics. So yes. while he has always maintained a strong anti-Mary Jane status, um, mm-hmm. I had hope that they would get back together during uh, the end of Big uh, Spider Island. Oh, yeah. Because in that story, uh, like Spider-Man is like, I'm going to save everybody. He and Mary Jane. Basically, Spider-Man and Mary Jane work together to save the city. And, it was nice, wasn't and, it? And Mary Jane says, I love you. Oh. And it's kind of cool. And while he threw it all out the window for Superior Spider-Man, you also <laughs> couldn't have Mary Jane in the book for Superior Spider-Man. But it, no. it did give me hope that maybe the dude was not nearly as hard on the character as he suggested he was in social media. Uh, I feel like this could be his way of leaving the character in a different direction because Spider-Man's been single for 10 years. It is. It could also be a way of like throwing the fan base a bone and going like, hey, you know what? We we cool, guys. We cool. Okay, I'm out. Yeah. The fact that like he said publicly in like forums and whatnot that like Spider-Man, like the editorial at Marvel would never let them get back together mm. is I think utter bunk because of how much they've gotten away with and how absentee the editorial is at Marvel mm-hmm. in the first place. Like, there's no one there who even knows what's happening. How could yeah. they possibly care about the marriage getting back together? About one little thing. I mean, shit. Uh, Spider-Man revealed himself to J. Jonah Jameson in the secondary Spider-Man book it, right now. No and no one seemed to know. Like, Not to, at all. It just, what the hell? Shocking. Shocking. Yeah. Um. So, I feel like, and, and also, 10 years of Spider-Man being single, Less than one collective year of that time dedicated to exploring a non-married Spider-Man and maybe him getting back together with Mary Jane. Like, I think it's been like four collective issues of seeing yeah. whether or not that could be a thing. I think that I, I think that it might be just their way of being like, you know, as it turns out, the people who do like a single Spider-Man either aren't buying the book or bought all the <laughs> Spider-Man books they're going to buy. Yeah. And... The people who like a married Spider-Man are never going to stop bitching about it. It's true. You know, uh, G- Glimmer Robles in the chat says something interesting. Do you think them teasing uh, Pete and Mary Jane getting back together could be their delayed reaction to Tom King marrying off Batman and Catwoman? It could be. It could be them just literally capitalizing on the hype of that. Um, be like, hey, if they can accept it, maybe we can do it too. Yeah. The The fact is with the Black Hat Batman relationship, it's way easier to fix it than it is to Absolutely. get Spider-Man and Mary Jane back together. You put Spider-Man really and Mary is. Jane back together, you are going to just you are never going to stop here getting getting really really inappropriate letters from people. It's true, it really is. Um, but even even if you just wanted to leave it by implying like, "Hey, they're going out on a date after right. this." No, Wouldn't could, that be nice? You could not get away with just putting them on a date. You have to fix it. Um, <laughs> with Black with, with I'm sorry, with Catwoman and Batman, uh you could do any number of things to fix that. They could get married, and mm-hmm. then she gets killed by the Joker. Now Batman Which, is more angry and bitter chance. than ever before. Maybe he uses the Lazarus Pit and bring, brings her back, and then she resents With horrible him. results. Yeah, and she's more twisted and crazy, changes the status quo for Catwoman. You Goes to back to being a pure villain, has a shock of white hair now. Makes it, like, you know, you give it to a new writer who wants to do something crazy with Catwoman. You've completely changed some stuff and fixed that. Boom. She moves to a new city. You spin that off into a new book. Boom. You've sold a million new books you wouldn't have with a married Batman and Catwoman. And people are excited to read a Catwoman book. Now, I like this pitch. Oh, also, you kill, also you have this – You 
that's that's five years worth of books because the first one is Joker kills Catwoman. Holy goddamn shit. You could probably do like a gatefold or die cut cover with that book or a black bag book oh yeah and, and, and hype and, it up and sell a billion copies and, and you have a thing where it's like oh they were going to have a wedding now they're going to have a funeral the funeral of Catwoman. boom uh, you could do any number of things like that uh also you have the joker cemented as the biggest batman villain he murdered Catwoman. also you have the arguably one of the best joker stories in recent years because you have because any competent writer could write joker killing Catwoman, and holy shit that's awesome um, yeah, really. But by the way, that's just one off-the-cuff idea about how to put the genie back in the bottle when it comes to the Batman marriage that you just simply can't do with Spider-Man and Mary Jane. It's a lot harder. But you and there's also a just lot do, of history. And that, but like, there you go. That's a three-year plan for the Batman-Catwoman marriage that you could do if you want to undo it. Or you could do three years' worth of Batman and Catwoman are married and how it disrupts the Bat family. And you could yeah. still like, and you could tell a billion stories like that. Or she's just not interested and she bails and she abandons Batman. L- so, like an injustice. And then we have like sad divorcee Batman. Yeah, sad divorce Batman. And so you get like, you can, and all of these options allow Batman to either be like brighter and more fun or more brooding and dark, which most people would rather read and write about. Either yeah, way, it's, it, it, it is getting Batman and Catwoman together in an official capacity is the best foundation for a new status quo or a hearkening back to original status quo for Batman than any new thing for Batman right now. Um, Noah Botello in the Super Chat says, didn't Marvel tease the wedding of the century for this year? Yes, they did. June 21st, they announced that there was going to be the wedding of the century, and they put like a whole bunch of crap. They did a whole horrible Photoshop job where they put a bunch of married couples from Marvel on the cover. Mm-hmm. None of them were Mary Jane and Spider-Man. And mm-hmm. also Amazing Spider-Man 800, I think, comes out on June 21st. Right. So, yes, there's a thing. Anyway, but I, I was like, yeah, man, like, you know what? You could do some. You could do some crazy, cool, fucked up stuff with Batman they, and Catwoman. I was gonna say, are they being cute about that name? The wedding of the century. It's just the centuries wedding. Ugh. Yeah, he pulled Lindy's dead body out of the out of the <laughs> out of the East River and brought her back to life and remarried her. <laughs> We're in love, can't you tell? Yeah, herp. Uh, please don't. Uh, I don't know what they're doing with the century now, th- thanks to his resurrection and Doctor Strange, but uh, I don't know. Hey, Sentry, weren't you a horseman of the apocalypse? Shut up. Quiet. Nobody liked that. Um, <laughs> shut up. No one remembers that. Yeah. But, hey, uh, what happened to them apocalypse twins? Further, shut up. Yeah, please. Um, so there you go, guys. A lot of cool stuff. Um, and yeah. and a lot of hope for the future. Absolutely. This was a very hopeful episode. But, uh, yeah, we want to thank you guys for indulging us in this episode of Elseworlds where we talked about a book that literally came out this week. Yeah, and, these are uh, fun to do every so often when the when the mood strikes. It's true, it's true, and we don't do this every week because like I don't think you could you could mine a whole episode out of it, but like no, not every book every week. It's amazing. It's it, it was a perfect storm where hey, this thing came out that means a lot of like that means a lot in the context of where Marvel is right now. So we could actually Absolutely. we could spin it into a lot of conversations about like, and we did, and we did. So here you go. But anyway, we'll see you guys next week with an all-new episode. Thanks a lot for watching and hanging out with us. I'm Sal. I'm Joel. So long, folks.